Hello and welcome to the Sportlink podcast. I'm Mark Armstrong and myself and John Downs are joined this week by two-time Boston Marathon winner Jeff Smith. Jeff was a tour de force when it came to the marathon, winning the classic Massachusetts race in 84 and 85. Yet he's probably most famous for coming second at the New York Marathon, but he's got a great story to tell. John is, of course, here with his train tip of the week and in hijinks with John, he recounts where there was a serious case of mistaken identity. John, how are you, mate? All all right? Very good, mate. We're all all right over here. Yourself? Yeah, very well, mate. Very well. Tell us a little bit about this week's guest. Um, well, look, I mean, he's 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 on the ground in one of the most iconic pictures ever uh, from the from the New York Martin in his debut, and what a debut it was! A tough, no nonsense athlete, um, some amazing personal bests. I mean, twenty seven forty three for ten to ten k in the track, um, you know, two hundred nine for the marathon. I mean, he's just one of the all time great British runners. And a great guy as well. Just a really genuine, genuine guy. I've, I've got great time for Jeff, so I'm delighted he's doing this podcast. Come here, Jeff. Listen, thanks very much for doing this. I really appreciate oh, I'm lo- it. I'm, lo- um, I'm lo- looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, look, we'll, we'll ask a lot of questions and stuff like that, and you look, you express your views on the man, and we, we really, really appreciate it. Look, I suppose we'll, do- we'll dive straight into it, and the first question I always ask everybody is, like, you know, how did you get started? And and, and and obviously it was in Liverpool and stuff like that. But, but what was it that kind of gave you the spark? Was it was it something within the fire brigade or whatever, um, sports? Or was it just outside influences or what? Well, I didn't I didn't come through the ranks like uh, most runners, a sort of a late bloomer or late into the sport. You know, I always ran at school, but my first love being in, from Liverpool was playing footy, you know. Mm. Uh, and was I good at school? Yeah, I can say it. I can honestly say I was. You know, we used to have cross country races in uh, road. We, had, we used to have to run two miles uh, in gym class uh, every every week, and I'd always win the class run. You know, I go out and just do it, uh, and then I joined the fire brigade at sixteen. And uh, every Wednesday, they they would do a, in the morning, we would do a Duke of Edinburgh swimming. And then in the afternoon, they'd drop us off on the railroad line uh, out in Formby, and we'd have to run six miles. Uh, and I, always, I would always run that. So I was always into running, playing, playing soccer three, four games a week. And uh, joined the fire brigade. Oh, went went on the fire station at eighteen, and they had a a competitive uh, league where they into fire brigades, race Bolton, oh, yeah. Gateshead. Uh, you know, I, I even raced against Jonesy in the uh, services races back in seventy six. Uh, and you know, when I, once I went on the fire station, I, I would go and run those races, play footy, uh, three, four games a week. And whenever they had a race, and they were always midweek, you know, they were never on uh, weekends, all the fire brigade races. Uh, 
And I'd always finish half top six. Never really won won them. I just went there off without training and ran around. You know, my training was playing footy. Uh, 76, they were going to take a team to Paris. Uh, you had to finish in the top six. So I said, well, I better get a little bit serious here. So six weeks before I started uh, running every day, I just opened, go out the front door from the house. And I had a five-mile loop that I do now. Uh, and I just hammer it. You know, there was no rhyme or reason. Just go out and run as hard as I could for five miles. Went to the trial race. It was cross country. Uh, and I won that. Went to, went to, uh, carried on running for, you know, for another month. Uh, and the, the international race in Paris was international fire brigades. It must have been at least a thousand runners there, you know, from all over all over Europe, all the different fire fire departments. And I went to that. And lo and behold, I won that. And there you go. I became a runner. Uh, you know, everybody was tapping me on the head, lay on lay. And and the uh the attention sort of got me going. So, so it sounds like Jeff, you just sort of had, had like the raw talent for it, really, because it, it doesn't sound like you had like much of a structured training program. Would it be fair to say? No, there was definitely no structure. Just going out and hammer myself. Uh, you know, and I say that I, I would. It was good and it was bad. You know, uh, suddenly I, I was, I was thrown into uh, races. Uh, and I didn't have no finish. <laughs> you know, I could, I could run hard and, and I could win the fire brigade races. So, you know, I went for about a year where I, I, I suddenly now, I won every single fire brigade race. Uh, and, you know, 12 months later, we had another, another, uh, we, another trial race to go to go to the uh, international race in, in France again. And this time it was down in Gateshead in Sunderland. And a guy had just joined uh, the fire brigade up in uh, Gateshead. Uh, and that's it. Robinson. Uh, his first name has gone from me. But he'd, he'd, he'd made the English team for the World Cross Country. So we'd finished in the top nine in the national. So this guy, they had, there was a pedigree guy now in, in the fire brigade ranks. Uh, and that race was, I don't know, it was five, six miles cross country in, in, uh, in Sunderland. And it was me and him head, head out, out away from everybody going across a plowed field with about just over a mile to go. I fell. He looked at me and took off. I wasn't too happy with that. So I jumped up and started chasing him, chasing him down. And I caught him and I passed him and won that race. So at that point, I said, I know I'm pretty good. I can beat the best. And then I sort of joined 
one of the firemen that I'd been running with that got me into the uh, into it, Ken Delaney. He 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 got me to join uh, Southport and Waterloo, which I'm from Liverpool. You know, I I would go and run with him up in Southport. You know, driving twenty mile, twenty five mile to run with the group a group of guys up there, and it was just me again. You know, I'd run with a uh, with them, but there was no there was no pushing me. You know, I was in the front. And I know one of the other guys from from the the, the five gate team, a guy called Keith Burrell. He said, "You need to come and you, you're getting good. You're getting really good. You need to uh, to come to Liverpool Harriers and join the Tuesday night group." And so he's, which was only a, a couple of miles from my house, not twenty miles. So I joined the uh, joined the Harriers. I started running with the Harriers. I didn't join them. Uh, he'd take me through at the sessions on Tuesday nights uh, with Frank Davis, Pete Waddington, uh, Mike Doolin, uh, Roger Harrison. I mean, they, they were all the, the, the old timers, but they were all good. And it was a structured session. And my, my, my structure had been just going out and busting my butt. Uh, suddenly, you know, I'd go on a Tuesday night and it was in the south end of the city and I'm from the north end. Uh, I swear to God, they were trying to lose me. But, you know, it would be uh, do they jog, they jog, it would be out for 12, uh, what, 70 minutes, 72 minutes. So we'd be doing like 12 miles, 11 miles, 12 miles. Uh, but it was all different. It was like a fart lick. You know, you'd do, they'd get to a block and they'd run, they'd run a, an interval, you know, run around the block, recover, run around the block. Uh, and it, they'd always have somebody leading it, you know, or doing three minutes on, two minutes off or whatever. Uh, but it was a good session and it sort of, it was my education that got me into running. And it, that, that I, I credit those guys with it. Uh, from there, I finally joined. They, they talked me into joining, and then I started going to the track. And I met John Butler, one of the coaches, and they thought I was going to be an 800, 1500 meter runner. But, you know, I had uh, other uh, ideas. I wanted to be a 10,000 meter runner. Uh, they took me down, or oh, I went down with John, John Butler, and we'd done some 200s. And 150s, and I didn't like the pain. Uh, I like going out and running 400s, 800s, where mm, I could control different. the pain. Mm, uh, yeah. And you know, so that's that's how it. But you know, the the downside of me joining uh, Southport and Waterloo. I mean, I was only with them for maybe a month or two months at the most, I think, uh, was I had to serve a nine-month suspension. Uh, so there's this, I'm, I'm a young kid and I'm itching to race with them and yeah. I can't. <laughs> no. yeah. Frustrating. 
But come here, the, 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 your coach, uh, John Butler and that and stuff, I mean, <clears throat> you go on about they wanted you to be an 8 and 1,500-meter runner and stuff. Actually, your 800 is actually quite good. It's a 151. You well, ran a 355 mile. You ran a 355 mile as well. So you obviously had something that they were looking at, but you just had these yeah. other thoughts in your head. Yeah, they, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd done at the Fiber Gay, the, I'd go to the Fiber Gay, the track. You know, I was on the tug of war team as well. <laughs> yeah, I can see the muscles there, all right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was, I was the pin man. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, that was that was the main, main main you know I used my right hand a lot there you know <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yes, the left I worry about I had done the tug of war and then you know I I go down the track and I would I do the eight hundred the fifteen hundred and the five thousand I tried to do the steeplechase one time but they, those things are too high it was like doing the high jump uh, and I ran I ran like one fifty. My first 800 at the track was 158. You know, and I never just, it was just flat out. Uh, so, you know, when they, they, they sort of got me and they, obviously he saw that I could have been a good 1500, 800 meter runner if I had developed it, you know. Uh, and, you know, how things come, you know, come around, you know, several, eight years you know, six, five or six years later, uh, things, I looked at it in a different uh, light. You know, John Butler accepted what I wanted to do, you know. He didn't push me into the 800. He let, you know, he let me develop. Uh, you know, the consequences of me joining Liverpool Harriers was that I couldn't, I couldn't race for them except one, one, my first race for them was the only race I could run. And that was because it was up in Scotland. And for whatever reason, the Scottish... Uh, Rules. Board didn't, didn't recognise the three A's or whatever, the English. So I, I went up to Scotland to a big, big race up at Meadowbank and ran 10,000 meters for them. And I ran 20, my very first uh, 10,000 meters was 29.20 and I won. And after that, you know, John Butler sat, we sat down and he said, this was 1976. He said, we're going to have a four year plan. We're going to take 30 seconds off a year and be ready for, for the Olympics in uh, 1980. So everything was geared, you know, for longevity and uh, taking 30, 30 seconds off a year. Uh, you know, and we done quarters, but nothing, nothing super, super fast. You know, it would be funny. We, I mean, we had a great group of kid, kids, you know, there was me, uh, John Woods, Dave Murphy, Sean Butler, and, you know, a bunch of other, other guys uh, every Thursday at the track. You know, we, John Butler would, you know, we'd do 10, 10 quarters, 16 quarters, whatever. But he always had the last one. Uh, he called a group together and he'd say, Woodsy, you're taking the last one. Everybody has to stay behind you. And it can be whatever pace you want it to go. 
but then you've got to kick and not tell anybody for the finish. And, you know, they all hated it when he picked me because I'd go from the gun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd sprint the entire way. <laughs> so, but we, we done that. Then, you know, I got to 79. I'd ran, well, I ran 28.02, I think, at the Northerns in, in uh, 1979 the fastest time in the year. And, that, and I finally got my first international that year. You know, I've been running all these great times, but because I was the black sheep, the, uh, the board or whatever you want to call them, three A's, they, they ignored me. Uh, well, I feel they ignored me anyway. Why were you, you the black sheep, Jeff? Uh, my, my, my feeling is that I didn't come through the system. There's strike one. Strike two, I was from Liverpool. <laughs> and strike three is I wasn't, uh, I wasn't one of the, uh, I, I, I mean, I just wasn't getting any uh, recognition. You know, uh, I was running times, you know, 29.20 back in 75, seven, 74, 75 was was pretty fast. There wasn't too many guys in the country running that fast. You know, I was running 13.55 for 5K. But still, if you go through the, the books and, and look how many trips I got, you'll be amazed. It's zero. Did that spur you on, no, Jerry? Like, like, it I mean, pissed me off royally. <laughs> I bet it did. You know, it made me, you know, made me more more determined to to go out and kick ass, you know. And, you know, one of, you know, I, I say that, but, you know, my biggest advantage, you know, not being one of the, uh, coming through through everything, you know, I'd be standing on the line with uh, Dave Murphy or John Woods, and they'd be, we'd be, you know, back then everybody went to races, you know, it was the who's who of running when you were at a big road race. And you'd be standing there and they'd go, oh, there's Ricky Wilde. Uh, there's uh, Bernie Ford, there's Brendan Foster, you know, and my, my response was, who are they? <laughs> you know, I was there to race and I didn't give a damn who was there. Well, that, that's, that was a great attitude to have, to be quite honest. I mean, you just mentioned some of the people in that training group, which a lot of people, you know, their names are trip off the tongue, but for a lot of people looking at this, like Dave Murphy was taught in the English National cross country and had yeah. a great battle with Dave Lewis and Dave Clark. You got John Woods, ran 2.11 for the marathon, was one of our top Irish run distance runners and had a pretty classy 10,000 metres. I think he finished something like, at, at the time, I think he was 16th in the world cross country, which, trust me, is an amazing run. But I think John, I think John Woods finished in the top nine in the English national too. Yeah, I mean, you, you, and again, you go back and look at the depth that was in those races. You'd like Steve Andrews, Steve Kenyon, you had Bernie Ford, you had Dave Black. Yeah. It just goes on. Tim Hutchins, Dave Lewis. It's it's a, it's an absolute Mike McLeod. Frightening, frightening. Ian, Ian, what you call it? Not Ian. Um, what's the guy from Scotland? It's Nat Muir. They could all no. run at the time. Steve Jones could run at the time. Julian Gore. Alistair Horton. Yeah, Alistair Horton. It was, it was just an incredible time where all these guys were taking each other on. Um, and like I seen, obviously you didn't you didn't get the trips, but like looking at your personal best, Jeff. Like I'm just going to roll them off here. Like 
you've ran 151 for 800, you ran 355 mile, you've ran a 752 3K, you've ran 1326 for 5K outdoors, but you've ran 1322 indoors. Obviously yeah. a far superior run. Um, you've ran 27.43 for 10,000 metres. Still in the top 20, I think, in the national rankings. Uh, you've ran uh, half marathon 63.25. That's the one I've looked at, found out. And you've obviously ran 2.908 in the marathon. Like, your times are amazing. But listen to you talking about the likes of John Woods and Dave Murphy and people like that. And we all know your track times. And we obviously know your road times. Um, you didn't seem to do cross-country a lot. What well, was that, the reason? What was the reason for that? That's my biggest regret, you know. Uh, cross country. I mean, I, I I started running late, you know, twenty one, and you know, by the time I was twenty six, you know, I'd always seem to get sick. I won the north. I won the, the lengths. I was second, I think, in the northern. Uh, I won the Liverpool and district. You know, I won. I won all the the the, the lead up uh, races, yes, yeah. and somehow I always got sick around about the national. Always got sick for the national. I think my my best year. I think I was fourteenth of one year, uh, and then I think the first year I ran it, I was I was right behind. Or oh, one of the first years, I was right behind Steve Jones. Uh, the very first year I, I, I ran it, you know, I hadn't ran. I was still running the fire brigade races and I, I, they got the, I joined the, uh, the Harriers and I ran, I ran the, uh, the national. I went there figuring I'm going to be competing. Mm. I finished 104th. <laughs> oh my God. I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you would want to get out of that quick. But then, you know, in 80, I got the opportunity to go to to the States. And in 1980, at 26, 27, my, uh, my cross-country ended because I was in America. So that's the only reason I didn't, I didn't compete in the cross-country. And you know, that's my, one of my biggest uh, regrets is that I never did get to... Uh, to run and compete in the English national, I would have loved to have been there on a good day and won it. I would yeah. have loved to have got the world championships and give it yeah, a shot. It, it, it was something that I've noticed. We talked about this recently, but it was something I noticed going back, looking at the results and stuff. I, I actually did sit down and go, Jeff Smith never ran this. It's like a, a guy I used to run against a lot from Andy Bristow from Brighton and Hove. I think in, the, in the, the couple of nationals, like the nationals I ran, I think he only ever ran in two nationals that I know of. I think he ran in 1889 in Chile and 96, I think, in, was it 96 up in um, Newark? But other than that, he never really ran it. He ran the Southern, he used to run the, the Sussex Championships and stuff, and he used to always run the World Trial or whatever. But he never really ran the national or the inter-counties, which I thought was strange. But then I noticed that you didn't race it too much either, and I was... Quite taken aback by that. I just was wondering what well, was the reason. Well, you, you just have, you have to be uh, you have to qualify for the uh, the inter counties too. And you know, if you didn't run the national, uh, you know, as I say, I won the I won the lengths a couple of times, uh, and I know I I finished second or third 
with uh, Alwyn Dewist and uh, Chris Garforth in the Northern one year. Uh, and plus, you know, I was on shift work, so sometimes, you know, I was I was I I, I was a, a fireman. Yeah, this is something I was, I was going to talk to you about as well. What like what were your hours? I mean, again, like there used to be a guy compete here for Ireland, a guy called Jerry Curtis, and he was in the fire brigade in Bray and Wicklow. Nightmare of a job. Nice, like he got yeah. no no easy ride out of it at all. He was made do the hours. And it could be coming yep. straight off twelve hour shift and straight into a race, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I worked fifty six hours a week. Uh, you know, a night was from six in the evening till nine in the morning. That's uh, fifteen hours, and a day was not, uh, nine in the morning till six in the evening. Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I. I I, I won the Wigan Six uh, one year and I was out at two, I was out from two to six in the morning at a standby. You know, the, you go, there was a big fire and, you know, you're there working, making sure that, you know, damping down, going, th going through the building, whatever. And, you know, I get back to the station uh, at, at seven and, you know, you're not going, you, you, you're just hanging around then, you know, cleaning up, get home at, I only live 15 minutes from the station, get home and I come in, I said, dad, I'm going to bed, wake me up at noon. I went in, got into bed, slept for a couple of hours. My dad wake me up and we went down to Wigan, I raced win the race uh, and I couldn't even stay for the uh, the, the award ceremony because I had to come back to Good go back to work but it was fun <laughs> you know did, did you sort of realise Jeff that, that, that maybe your life as a farmer wasn't conducive to being the best athlete you, you could be obviously you needs must obviously you've got to earn a living Uh. I mean, the body can adapt to whatever, you know, I mean, I, I, prior to, I mean, I, I used to play footy a lot and I go out with the boys and go out, go out the weekend. Uh, that all changed when, once I, once I got into, into running, you know, I became, running became the, the obsession. You know, uh, I was, I, I joke with my friends now, you could always tell when I was injured. I had a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, you know, it was, you know, I, I, I slept, worked, slept and ran. Uh, you know, and, you know, the, the nights, but, but, you didn't, I mean, like, you know, you, you could get, I, I, I have a good mentality, you know, good, uh, what's the word? Constitution. I can sleep, you know, I can close my eyes and I can sleep. You know, I can get 10 minutes in. Uh, you know, I could be standing in and next thing I'm, I'm asleep. So, you know, I, 
I, I don't think it really uh, affected me that much. But saying that, you know, uh, the decision to go to America sort of changed everything, you know. And would I have ran the 255 if I hadn't gone to America? Mm. Right. Okay. You know, you don't know. How did how did the American opportunity come about? Yeah. Oh, in it was like like 1979. I I'd, I'd won the uh, the Northern. I'd run 2802. Uh, you know, and you don't really think of anything about it, you know. Uh, and that was in May. By June, I had shin splints. I mean, unbelievable pain. I could, I could hardly, I could hardly, uh, well, I couldn't run. I, I tried to run and, you know, you take a couple of weeks off and you start up again and the pain had come back. And I don't know who, somebody in the club got hold of the, the, the Olympic Committee or the British board and set, set me up for a, to go and see a specialist in Manchester. Uh, they, I went in to the appointment. They looked at it, took some x-rays and said, it's, there's a shadow on my calf. We'd have to do an exploratory operation. There's an opening up next week. So, and I went, compartment syndrome, cast from my ankle to my hip, six weeks on crutches. Uh, I, did, I did get to do a six minute mile with crutches though and a, and a peg leg. Uh, and how on earth? Uh, well, I mean, it, so you, got, you got to get to the pub somehow, you know. I couldn't drive, <laughs> <laughs> and it was a mile to the pub. <laughs> Six minute mile to the pub. Jesus Christ, Jeff. <laughs> but uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Did you get assessed for anything else, like um, you know, psychology and psycho psychiatric care? <laughs> oh, no, no. It, now, nobody take my money. It was great. It was a great time. You know, I go into the pub, they put me in a corner and my leg would be sped up and people would be buying me drinks. It was great. <laughs> but uh, I got I got the, the cast off after uh, just on six weeks. And, you know, I slowly started to get back. I went to the started going to the uh, to the to the club again on Thursday nights because I could now drive, I could start to drive again. Uh, and it was October the 24th, 1979. Know the date well. It was my birthday and the club president, Tom Armani, come by and said, hey, Jeff, how are you doing? And he tossed me, he said, this, this, is, this came to the club for you. It was a letter. I opened it, it was from America. Uh, from Clemson and I, 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 I'm sitting there with John Woods, Sean Butler, a bunch of old guys laughing and they filled it in as a joke and sent it off. Then, needless did I know that within three, three or four weeks I had a box of stuff from America and now I, 
my dad said, you need to look at this. I talked to my uncle who was a principal and he said, yes, you definitely need to uh, think about this. And I talked, I changed my coach as well at that time. Well, I was, I was in the process of changing my coaches to Eddie Soans. Uh, and he said, you definitely should do it. You've got the rest of your life to run. I mean, you've got the, you can run right now, but you've got the rest of your life to work. Go for it. Mm. So I, I, I took it serious. Yeah, and so, you went to, coming to America. so you went to Clemson, yeah? No, I didn't. Uh, Clemson wanted me to come out immediately. They wanted me to there at Christmas. And I said, there's no way am I coming. It's Olympic year. Uh, and uh, the coach of Providence was friends with the one of the coaches at, uh, in Liverpool Harriers, at, at John Moores. Yeah. So he uh, he talked to the coach and said, Jeff Smith's been contacted. Are you interested? And he said, yeah. So next thing you know, we're, we're communicating backwards and forwards. And I'm going to Providence. That's how I ended up in Providence. Right. So it's 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 1980. You you've got offers to go. I didn't realize. I mean, I was thinking there, Clemson. I didn't realize you went to Clemson. I didn't talk. Maybe you did and then transferred to Providence because I remember you you, you 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 ended up at Providence and stuff like that. But you get to Providence. Um, you're now in the American system. What what is what is different now for Jeff Smith? Is it recovery? Because you're not working, you've more of a settled time. Is that what made you kind of jump on even more um, going forward and, and looking at even getting longer in the races going forward as well? Uh, I, I, I think it was more just the not having to uh, work of an evening, of a night. I think it was more consistency uh, with with what I was doing, you know. Uh, you know, when I was on nights, I mean, it was, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a crazy system because when I was doing nights, I would do Monday, Tuesday, I would be on days. Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be on nights. Friday is a special day. You only get. You only do one of whatever Friday is. So I'd only have one day off. Then Saturday, Sunday, I'd be on days. Monday, Tuesday, I'd be on nights. Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be off. Friday is a special day. So I'd only do one day on day, then two days on nights. So, you know, I never knew it. Trying to, trying to organize, you know, a, 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 routine. a consistent routine, yeah. you know, uh, of, of training with, with, with the boys. I mean, like I could only train with them every third week. Yeah. Uh, and so it was, I was doing a lot of the stuff by myself. Yeah. Uh, and you know, but I, I say that when I went to Providence, I done most of my stuff by myself because, you know, I, when I went to Providence, I was 26 uh, and I was training at a, a level slightly higher uh, than the K1 
kids that were coming in at 18, 19, 20. You know, they were, they were looking to break 14 minutes and I was looking to break 13 and a half minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking to, to break 28 minutes and they were looking to break 30 minutes or 29 minutes. So like, you know, the, the, the two training uh, regimes really didn't work together. If I trained with them, I'd get slower. If they trained with me, they would kill themselves. Yeah. Mm. So it was, it was sort of, uh, the coach worked with me and we, we sort of agreed that I could do my own thing and run with them when, when necessary. And it, and it worked. Jeff, can you just move your camera down a, a bit, mate? We're, we're losing that's it, mate. Perfect, perfect, mate. Um, so, so what, what was what sort of competitions were you were you doing while you were out there, Jeff? When when you're out, out out in America? I mean, I was running a few road races. Uh, I I ran my 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 uh, first year in America started off fantastic, you know, running the cross country races. Uh, and then in 1980, the, the NCAA had introduced a new, uh, age limit, uh, that was supposed to, that came into effect in 1980. Uh, Providence believed that I was okay. They used the word matriculate and it all hinged on the word matriculate. Providence took it as registered for classes before. I was registered for classes in June. The rule took effect in August. And the season progressed right up to the championships. Uh, right before the Big East, the week before, uh, Villanova and I think it's Jumbo Elliott lodged a complaint that I was in a, in an ineligible runner and my, my season that my first year's season ended then. So I, I ran more trained and just ran road races. You know, I ran in a central park and just really, I just went to classes and trained. It was, it was good, but I didn't get a lot of races. Mm. And then, the following years, I could run everything for NCAA. So I never got to run in the NCAA uh, cross country, but I could run all the other races. So you, you could run uh, pre nationals, you could run IC4As, you could run the Big East, all them sort of things, but you couldn't do the NC, the national championships. That's correct. The, the rule well, had to, apparently had to be on, on the books for three years. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit harsh. Look, I mean, I've, I've never really liked the NCAAs with their rules and stuff like that. I mean, they seem to make them up as they went along, to be quite honest with you. You know, you're, you had to come over, but the coach could meet you at the airport. All these kind of stupid rules. I mean, what's, what's that about? You're going to meet him at training, but you can't meet him at the airport. Absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Right, so you've gone through, you've finished your education and stuff like that. There's probably then a choice. You either can come back to England or you can stay in America. You obviously chose to stay in America. Uh and you probably decided to go the route of professional road running and stuff. Is, is, is that how it, is that how it, 
happen to go uh, or, or that's, a, that's exactly what, that's a, exactly i mean you know uh the i was still i mean like when i'd come back in the summer i uh, i had that that dark shadow over me you know where i couldn't really get into races i mean i came back in i think it was 82 and you know i'd ran 13 i know it was 82 or 81 I mean, I just ran the 13, 22 indoors at, at uh, Madison Square Garden. I'd, I'd won Bermuda in 28, 14, a, 10, a really hilly 10K. Yeah. I mean, I was in great shape. Uh, my training was going good. And I came back at a, and I, I talked to Andy Norman and said, look, I want to run the Golden 5,000. The only two races I wanted to run all year was a Golden 5 and the Golden 10. And Andy Dorman said, no, you can't. If you, you're, you're going to run, you've got to run for uh, Great Britain uh, at 5,000 metres right before the Golden 5. And then uh, you've got to run at, at 10,000 metres right before the Golden 10. Golden 10. And then you've got to run at 3,000 metres right after the Golden 10. So like in a 20 day period, I ran like 13, 30 uh, traveling in London. Then I traveled back to Liverpool. Uh, then I traveled up to Gateshead for a midweek uh, golden 5,000 meters. I run 13, 20, some 13, 28 or 13, you know, in that range. Yeah. Uh, then I came back to Liverpool. Then I flew out to, to Dresden, ran 27 uh, 43 uh, then flew back to, to Liverpool, came back to Liverpool flew out to Prague and ran the golden 10,000 metres ran 27.59 and that was a photo finish uh, and then I flew back to, to London stayed, stayed for two nights in London and raced the uh, 3,000 metres at a meeting in London. And, and you know, I, I, I had the fastest time in, in the world, and then they asked me to go as a travelling reserve. Oh, man. You got shafted. Simple so, as you were getting shafted big time. For whatever reason, you were getting shafted. Yeah, they wanted me to go to... Uh, so they, they, they wanted me to go to the world... The the, uh, the the World Cup or whatever it is, the Cup meet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a traveling reserve, then they offered me, it, and I said no. I said I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going back to America to run in Peachtree. And no, you can't go to run in America. You need. I said why? You need my you need our permission. I said no, I don't. I've got a letter from you. So I took the letter out and read it. It gives me permission to run in the United States for four years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice and Jeff. I love it. So off I went to, uh, to, to Atlanta for Peachtree. Unfortunately, the gods turned against me that time. I got stuck in the airport, air traffic controllers tra strike for, for, for uh, 36 hours. Missed all my connecting flights. So instead of getting to uh, Atlanta, you know, two days before the race, 
I got the the evening before the race. Right. And, you know, I hadn't ran. I've been sitting in friggin' airports. Uh, uh, I was supposed to come back and go to Oslo to do the Bislett Games. Yeah. And Oslo uh, sent me a telegram to the hotel in, in, in uh, Atlanta. I've been uh, banned. I can't run. The British border not giving me permission to run a meet. Amazing how, how, how wonderful the outer people in Turkey's here. Yeah. So that's how I, then that's, and this is, that's why I ran the mile. When I came back to England, the only race I could get into that one, one weekend was that Emsley Car Mile. That was the longest race. And you ran 3.55 and won it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a nice two fingers, Jeff. I, I mean, there was two, there was really two fingers problems. raised. <laughs> there was two fingers raised. <laughs> I, I know. I, I listen. If it was a meet, it'd have been all, all of it been up anyway. But no, it looked fantastic and stuff like that. But it just shows you, you, you seem to have a lot of, um, what's the word, opposition against you when, you, again, it should have, you should have been Molly Cuddle, what can we do for you? Some people's faces just don't fit. You just don't fit. And it, and, I mean, but you know what I mean? It, we were, it's, it's, it's like, look, what Andy Norman made you do there in 20 days. Ridiculous. Didn't give a, didn't oh, give a talk about you. But, but it, it wasn't just me. It was oh, everybody. Well. I mean, we we, we were all in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah and I agree. But, but they're, they're, and this is where everybody thinks, oh, I'm all right, Jack. And it's where athletes need to yeah. kind of to band together. They're okay till it happens, then, and then they're on about, "Oh, look what happened to me." So, it, it's it, it's the federation is a lot of the problem. They just don't seem to have this yeah. um, helping hand, I suppose, or, or, or arm of comfort. Something happened over here in the last week, and it's just ridiculous the way it's gone on. But it, and it could have been handled better. It's their PR and the way they go about it, and and that's the, the most disappointing thing, you know. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, Jeff, you, you obviously tell us about how you sort of moved on to the, to the marathon distance next. How, how did that sort of transition come about? Uh, I, I'm, to be honest, it was all about money. You know, the, the sport has sort of gone professional and it was time to, to try and make some sort of a living out of running. Uh, you know, everybody... Everybody was moving up, you know, at, at some point. Uh, and I talked to my, my to Eddie Soans, who, who was continuing to uh, assist me uh, through the mail. Uh, and I, I said, okay, we we're going to do the marathon. But we picked Boston in 82 and you know I, I tried the uh, the diet uh, prior to way way before you know and I got sick you know doing the uh, carbo load mm. so I ruled that out anyway I got ready for Boston in 82 I was all all thinking about it, ready, ready, ready. A month before I got I got sick, I got strep throat. Mm. 
and my training just went downhill. You know, I had no strength, so I, I withdrew from Boston. And I put, put the marathon on hold, uh, decided I was going to do New York instead in 83. You know, I, I, I ran one, one half marathon, uh, six weeks. That was my first half marathon. It was six weeks before, before uh, New York, and I ran 61.30. Well, 31.30-something. 30 uh, and, you know, I'd, I was ready. I mean... I'd worked with Eddie about a training program and we coined, or he'd, he'd come up with a 10 day cycle, uh, you know, so that you could recover better for, from your long runs. So I was doing a 10 day training cycle for, for all of my marathons. Uh, that was the only diff- that was the only difference to my training really was spreading the uh, the long runs every ten days as opposed to every seven days and so so Jeff during this period like your tra- your training for for, for new for, for New York and stuff like that what what was your weekly mileage like what what was the, obviously the long run is, is is a standout. I mean, I just think it's a lot of people don't realize it's actually part, it's a session in itself and a lot of people don't don't uh, give it the respect it should get. Um, but what was your weekly mileage like building into that and and, and obviously the, the confidence you were getting from that? You know, I, I don't I don't think there was much of a difference between my training for ten thousand meters and the marathon. You know, uh, I I I was we were I was always doing a a twenty mile run every Sunday virtually uh, going through. I mean I, I maintained my my speed work uh, for the marathon. You know I still went to the track on Tuesdays, still went to the track on Thursdays. I mean it was all because of the ten day cycle. It was sort of changed from Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, you know, but I mean, I was still getting my uh, my speed work in, and the total mileage would have been most probably somewhere between a hundred and a hundred and ten, uh, maybe a hundred and fifteen on 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 some some weeks, depending yeah. on on the on the length of the long runs. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it it really didn't change. I don't think so. You know, from my ten thousand meters, just the mentality. You know, uh, and maybe I, I needed a some sort of better plan. Maybe I needed to plan a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hindsight, looking back. But I, I always loved doing it. I mean, my, my biggest mileage, to be honest, was in 1970, 1980, getting ready for the Olympics. You know, after, yeah. I had the, after, after I'd had the surgery. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I was in great shape in 79. 
in, in May. I'd had a great winter, great spring. I, I mean, I was ready for the, for the, uh, the summer of 79. And then I, I, I spent it with a, my, my leg in a cast. So I missed all of the winter, all of the summer. Uh, and it was Olympic year now. And I was seeing, uh, at this, and this is how I met Eddie Soames, you know, Bill Hartley, a, a, a hurdler from the Harrius, had, had surgery on his Achilles right before me. Mm. And he was seeing Bill, uh, Eddie Soames, and he, he recommended that I go and see him to, to get my leg massaged, you know, to get rid of the scar, scar, scar tissue. So I went up with Bill Hartley and he introduced me to Eddie Soans. And it was sort of instant, instant, uh, a rela- an instant relationship. You know, I liked the guy straight away. Yeah. Uh, he, he told you the way it was. There was no, uh, no graces. Uh, and he sort of got me back. How's, how's, you know, massage, how are you, how are you running? I said, well, do a little bit more, do a little bit. Every time I go to him, he tell me to do more. Mm. Uh, he said, you're doing fine. You need to do a little bit more speed work. So like, you know, after about two months of just seeing him almost every day, I asked him to coach me. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I asked him to coach me and he said, he, he said, well, do yourself a favor, go home, get a haircut, brush your teeth and come back and ask me again. So. And you did? I did. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I want to be the, I want to be the best in the world. And he said, oh, that's good. He said, and he, he said, you know what, who, who, won, who's, who's the world champion? Was Morris Shifter. Uh, and oh, he asked me what I could do for 400 first. You know, I said, Oh, I can run about six, I can run about 60 seconds, you know, feeling pretty good. He said, That's not bad. He said, You know, who won the world? Well, who's the world champion? Morris shifted. What time can he run? You know, 27 30, whatever it was. And you know, and what did he do his last lap in? It was like 52 seconds. And he goes, yeah. And he said, so it's you and Morris Shifter on the line. Who's going to win? You've got to learn to run fast. And that's when, you know, that was when the light went off in my head about the 800-meter running. Yeah. John, John Butler, six years, five years before, well, six years before, had, was right. I should have done it then. So... Now I'm reintroducing the speed, but I have to do speed. I have to do distance. I mean, I have, I have to make make up a whole whole uh, six months worth of running, and condense it into into January, February, March, April, May. Uh, so I was running most probably 140 mile a week. Wow. Uh, and it was all intense, 
intensive stuff, you know? Mm. Uh, and going to the track with Eddie was, 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 was my, I loved it. I mean, like he put you through hell and it, it was totally against everything that John Butler had uh, instilled in me. But you know, when some, when you, when you believe in somebody and they tell you to do something, you do it. Yeah. Uh, and I believed everything he told me. You know, we were, I, my track session uh, consisted of going down to the track, doing 10, 12 minutes warm up, maybe two miles. Mm. Uh, put my spikes on, do a few strides. And Eddie would say, well, you're doing a mile. You're going to do it flat out. I'd run four, 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 five for a mile. Go jog for, for five or six minutes. Come back, you're going to do some 400s. It's flat out. You're going to do four 400s with a full recovery, two laps. And I'd be running like 54, 55. And we finished the 400s and he said, oh, you're going to do 200s flat out, full recovery, two and a half laps this time. And I'd be running like 25, 26. My best was 23. Mm. Uh, I'd do four of them. And he said, go jog for 10, 15 minutes. So another two, two, two and a half miles. Come back, you're going to do 12 laps on the track. You're going to do it at 68 pace. And he would have a guy called John Evans from the club. Yeah. He was about 16 at the time. Yeah. John would be down there watching. And he'd get John to jump in and do a 60-second lap. And I'd have to sit on him. And then John would go out. I'd go back to 68. And then John would come in again a couple of laps later. I'd have to do 60 again. I'd do three. You'd do it three times, so I'd do three three laps of sixty seconds inside wow. of it. Finish the uh, finish the uh, the twelve laps, and he he said, "Just take your time, jog up to the uh, the bend. You're going to do and, and give me a two hundred. So I jog to the bend, and I'd run a twenty six two hundred. Then he said, "Go jog off ten minutes, fifteen minutes." And we're going back to my house. We're going to remake. We're going to put you back together. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'd, and this was in the afternoon, you know. I'd, I'd uh, get out of work early and, and go meet him in the afternoon. And I'd leave his house and he'd say, go out and do 10 tonight at six-minute pace. Plus, I'd, I'd done five or six in the morning prior to that. So it was three sessions on, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay. I'm glad I didn't meet him. And I'm, I, I, I like tough training, but that sounded absolutely barbaric. <laughs> <laughs> just, well, I mean, I could take pain. I've done some big sessions and stuff, but that just, that is a different... You know, I'm, actually, I'm sitting here. I'm actually nervous listening to the thing. To be quite honest with you, you know, I am. I've got actually sitting there thinking, you know, and I, I, I could see John Evans. I think if John Evans had been coming down and I was there, I think I'd have knocked him clean out. 
so we'd have been doing 68s for a couple of more laps, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty, that is just unbelievable. I'm sitting, seriously, hair's gone up in the back of my neck. Oh, God, it was, it was the best crazy. Oh, my God. So, right, you, you've done that. You've gone on dinner to Matt. You've won Boston. You've been second in New York and so on. Um, you've you've obviously debuted in two nine oh eight and stuff like that. Tell us your 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 emotions, obviously, of New York and obviously then of winning Boston. How how I mean, obviously, there's there's ones good ones. You like your you you've just been pipped literally in the last three hundred by Rod and so on. But you know, you obviously got to sit down and look at the positives of that. And you have to use it as a positive to go into Boston. Pointless looking yeah. at it as a negative. And and going into Boston, you won. I, I, and it was it was. I mean, there's an iconic picture of you coming down from behind. The picture's taken behind as you're coming towards the finish line in Boston. And I, I, I can't see your face obviously because it's from behind. But it obviously you must have a smile like a Cheshire cat. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, New York was. You know, it's a. I I, I take running. Every race is a learning experience, good or bad. Uh, you know, and you can't win every race. But you stand on the line to win every race. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, you know, and we came from a, a time when there was a million guys, well, there were 100 guys out there that could beat you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I don't kid myself. I mean, like, I go to my club. Dave Murphy could beat me. John Woods could beat me. Uh, and, you know, you, 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 you go out, you had Alman Dewhurst, you had Graham Ellis, uh, Chris Garforth, Charlie Spedding. Uh, I mean, like, Ricky Wilde. I mean, like, there were so many people out there. So, mm. like, you know, I, I always, it didn't bother me, you know, I, I, I'd get pissed off if I didn't win and I'd go home and I'd train even harder for the next one. Yeah. So, you know, after New York, uh, once I'd recovered in the evening after a few beers, I was ready, you know, I, I got back to Providence and back on the, uh, on the pony and, and started to ride it, ride it again, you know, yeah. and getting ready for Boston. There's, there's, there's no, uh, no ifs, buts, maybes, you know, I'm going to win. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 biggest, the biggest regret for Boston in 84 was that I saved myself. You know, it was Olympic year. I was living on, 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 on my 209 in, in New York. I figured that that would be because I was the British record holder. Mm. Uh, I needed to, I needed a good win in a in a reasonably good time. You know, I, I eased off. You know, the last two miles instead of hammering myself. You know, I mm. wanted to be I wanted to finish and I wanted to I wanted to be fully recovered when I finished. Yeah. So you know. Uh, I wanted to save myself for the Olympics. And, you know, it wasn't to be. I mean, I get to the Olympics and I got sick. Yeah, not your fault, though, you got sick from what I hear. You, it was, um, 
you were made do a, a treadmill test and the breathing apparatus hadn't been cleaned and you ended up getting an infection out of it. Uh, have I, I read that the, right? Uh, I don't know if it was the infection. It was an infection from that. Uh, I'd had I'd had a, an impacted tooth pulled uh, two months prior to that. Uh, or did I catch catch something on the plane? Uh, yeah, flying flying into LA. You know, I was in you know, I was in great shape. Uh, I'd ran a twenty five miler in in Providence uh, six weeks before the race, and you know I'd I'd gone through it in the ten mile. It was a two ten mile loops. And, and a five mile loop. Uh, I'd done the 20 miles and you know Richard Mulligan? Yeah, yeah, I know Blocks. You know Blocks. Well, Blocks could run 23s for five yeah. mile. Yeah, yeah. He was going oh, to jump. Yeah, we've, we've, we've had battles, yeah. <laughs> so Blocks, we've had Blocks, a few battles gonna, blocks. Blocks, jump, blocks was jumping in for the last five miles to run in with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. He couldn't stay with me. Right. You were flying. You know, I was flying. I mean, I was in great shape. I went to uh, L.A. We stayed at Point Loma College. I had Eddie Soans with me. We'd done a track session the week before the, the, uh, the Olympic, uh, before the marathon on the Sunday. You know, two, two five-mile time trials on the track in 25 minutes with a 10-minute recovery. I was in great shape. I was ready mm. and got on the plane on the, on the Monday morning, flew into LA. Tuesday morning, I got up with strep throat. Could hardly yeah. breathe. Jeez. So, know, what, whatever it was, I don't know. You know, you stand on the line and you're looking at everybody saying, oh, I hope you're all feeling as bad as I am. Did you think about not running, Jeff, at all? Was that ever an option? Because uh... I mean, like the thought of not running went through my mind, but it was Olympic year. You know, I said, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. Uh, and, you know, I was, you know, you're just praying for something magic to happen, you know, it, it to go away and everything to be fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I went through 15K with them. And I look at pictures of myself. I was the height of summer, and I was white as a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Look, we all have regrets and stuff like that. But some of them, some people have just the bigger regrets than other people. You get there, and you at least wanted to try and play out the way you think it could play out and stuff. Yeah, Jeff, I want to ask you it's something we spoke about quite a lot. I want to ask you what your your views on the, on, on on the shoe technology and and and. Um, testing of, of 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 the africans and stuff like that we've we've obviously talked about this yourself and myself but you know i mean other people we've just kind of barely touched on the subject but you've said ask me the question so i'm asking you the question what's your thoughts i mean on on, on the shoe technology i think you know uh shoes have advanced all the way through through time but they've advanced with just either leather to EVA, to foam, to whatever, you know, it, it's it's just the material. There's mm. nothing, you know, there's nothing 
inside of that material other than uh, the actual foam or, or EVA. But when you're increasing the, the, the thickness of the sole and putting a spring in there or something that's going to push you forward, you're changing the shoot, you're changing the technology, you're changing it to a machine now. It's no different than putting a, a, a roller blade into the shoe. Uh, it's it's going to propel you forward. I mean, like, to me, the, the shoes should be just plain. No no additives in there. No metal, no springs, no nothing. Uh, uh, minimalist, you know, like, you know, Ron Hill come up with his Will 10s. Uh, Thirty years ago, or forty years ago, and you know they were super, super light, and there was no sole on them. They were just very, very thin. That's 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 legitimate. You know, you you you're trying to reduce the weight of the shoe, uh, and you can reduce the now with the the, the shoes the materials. They're so light. I mean, you know, you think of the shoes that we used to run in, John, and and the way the ton. Uh, the training shoes now are lighter than the shoes we used to race in. We you can't get a good, you you get a good pair of heavy shoes anymore. We were losing you there a little bit. You seem like you're sinking down into the couch. It's trying to eat you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, my feeling is that the that, that the shoes are, are now running running for you. You know, it's not the hard work that you're putting in. Mm. Uh, Yes, you're going to run faster, but is it you or is it the shoe? I'd rather think it was me. I don't want to give the shoe any credit. Uh, and you know, I think you know, with on the on the on the on the testing and the, and the drugs. I mean, I just question the uh, the recovery of some of these athletes. You know. Uh, All right. You know, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, yes, we can run fast. You know, I can go out and run 50 whatever seconds, you know, 55 seconds. But the recovery time, if you're doing it week in and week out, is going to attack you. So are they taking anything to, to, to make them recover? And that's, that's what I think that, that's, that's out there is there's, there's something that they're taking to make them recover faster so that they can do better sessions and run faster. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even, even as long as I've been around the game, even I'm learning of stuff that's that's on the market now. I mean, I've even started, you can go online now because it's something I never did. I never shopped online. It's only in the last year. But it's it's just amazing what you can buy online now. You can buy tyroxine, you can buy, you can buy uh, testosterone, yeah. you can buy anything you want. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, I'm just sitting there going, wow, really? I mean, I may, I can be a bit naive sometimes. I can be very clever if I sit down and really focus and look at something, but there's other things there and I'm like, Jesus, Mac, I didn't realise that you could actually get this thing so easily and, 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 and self-administer. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I just, I just didn't. I don't know why you didn't think like that. I just did not think that at all, but it's, it's, anybody can get access to it now. It's, it's quite frightening. And the biggest one for me that people can get and I thought you needed a TUE first, and I could be stand to be corrected. This is tyroxine. You can take tyroxine now, and you 
Now, people are playing with their health as far as I'm concerned, but, you know, you can take it. Recovery and what it does with the body is phenomenal. And I'm looking at a couple of athletes at the moment, and I'm just going, really? Really? I'm just, I'm not buying it. I'm just not yeah. buying it. So, you know. I mean, I mean, it, I, I know that it was just hard work with me. Mm. Hard work in Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> I never touched the stuff myself. I always no, had I mean, a club I, on, you know, a uh, little, uh, little, uh, little uh, rock uh, shanty. <laughs> yeah, gone teetotal. <laughs> my eye. I, I was with you in Manchester a year and a half ago, and you could sink him, my man. I swear to God. There was people standing there going, Jesus, how many has he had? I said, count. And if he started doing the count, and you walked out the door <laughs> like you walked in, and we were all kind of, Ooh. yeah. Uh, it was a long yeah. ride home, I can tell you, with cross legs. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, I can concur. I was in the same boat myself. Um, Jeff, listen, thanks a million. We're going to do. Uh, Mark is going to ask you five random questions and stuff. Thanks very, very much for doing hey, this. Thanks, John. It, Always great yeah. talking with you, mate. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, bud. Right, Mark. Great right, right, Jeff. This is the, as as John said. There, there are five pretty random questions. I'll hit, hit you with the first one now, mate. All right. It's, you've just run a marathon. What's the first thing you eat and the first thing you drink? Uh. First thing, well, back going back to uh, to New York, I just wanted water because I was I was I was dehydrated, uh, and you know I I definitely needed something to eat. I'm thinking back, whatever they gave me, it was most probably fruit. Yeah, anything. Uh, you know, uh, but what would I? like to drink most probably a nice pint of Guinness <laughs> uh, uh, and you know eating I know that that night I mean I went down and, and ate as much as I could because I'd lost about seven or eight pounds in weight wow Crikey. yeah good stuff good stuff right you can listen to one song to get you in the zone or a race what do you listen to uh, Queen. Great choice. My wife would be a big. We are the champions. <laughs> great, great choice. Right. What, what, what are your favourite trainers to wear? Uh, now or back then? Let's go back then and now. Uh, I used to love heavy, heavy training shoes. The heavier they were. The heavier they were, the better. Uh, I loved Adidas TRX. Uh, and today, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into uh, the, the shoes that give you a lot of cushioning. You know, and obviously, the, the bigger the, uh, the, so the sole, so Hoka type shoes, Hoka's New Balance. Uh, as long as they've got the thick, thick soles, yeah. Uh, I don't have, uh, I don't, I don't, if I run in a race, I don't really have a racing shoe anymore. I just go out running whatever I've got. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, you've hit the wall in a race and you're just completely depleted and you're just about to quit. You can see one person on the side of the road to get you through this tough spell. Who do you see and why? 
Uh, well, I've hit, I'll, I'll take you to uh, Boston in uh, 85. I was on world record pace yeah. at, at, uh, at 20 miles. I was more probably 30 seconds inside world record pace at that point. I pull up with cramp and I'm, I'm hurting. I'm ready to stop, but I'm, I'm in the lead. It's about 80 degrees, 90 degrees. Oh. And I start walking towards Boston. And I know that my coach, Eddie, is at the finish line. So he was my inspiration. I could see Eddie and I could hear him saying, just keep going, just keep going. And don't, don't, don't give in. So I, I walked to the finish. I kept walking till it came back. And slowly I got back to running. And I won the race. Nobody passed me. Gutsy. Crikey. Like it. Right, this is, this is full on random now, Jeff. All right, it's the last one. All right. What is your favourite cheese? Favourite cheese? Favourite cheese. God, I, I love all types of cheese, but <laughs> uh, a good cheddar. Good choice. Very good choice. Because I love cheese on toast. Oh, yeah. A bit of Worcester <laughs> sauce as well. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. It's been fun. Top Cheers, man. mate. See you thank now. All the best. Right, John, you're going to hit us with it with your next training tip of the week now, please. Training tip is um, workouts for people again. Like this, this is for the what I call the midlife crew or the the the, the, the people starting late and running. So, yeah, so <laughs> basically, just basically, like. A lot of the stuff we're doing is, is trying to build uh, running and, and try and keep more consistency. And obviously we're doing workouts and we're just trying to keep gradually building into them and let them progress naturally. But now and again, there's going to have to be a workout that's just a little bit quicker. Might make many efforts. It might only be six, four hundreds. It only might be four by eight hundred or whatever like that. But what we want to do is we're going to be running faster. But for this crew, don't keep the recoveries like you'd normally. So it's just lengthen the recoveries. So normally if you take a minute and a half, we might now take three to four minutes recovery to make sure you're fully recovered for the next effort. Um, and just be happy with that and walk away. And it's just a slightly bit faster. Let's say you've been running 78s and all of a sudden now you're running 72s. It's six seconds quicker. So over six reps, that's 36 seconds quicker than you've normally been going. So just make sure that you open up the recovery if you're going to go that bit quicker. John, we've had some classic hijinks with John's recently, and, and you've got a, a very good one today. Yeah, it was, I, I was there at the meeting. It's nothing to do with me, but it's it's seen somebody's reaction. And obviously, it's 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 to do with Ade Maffey. Ade was was uh, seventh in the Olympic 200 metres in 1984 as a 17-year-old, but he was a member of London Irish Athletic Club. And myself and Ade knew quite well, each other quite well and stuff, and he went on to have a successful uh, career as a personal, not personal trainer, but the fitness coach for Chelsea and for West Bromwich Albion. But I remember we were over to Cork City Sports one year and of course the guy that would be doing the announcing was a real cock man. He's like, hello, how's it going? How are you doing? What's the guy there running that lane there? You know, it's the accent. So this guy turned around and he says, like, oh, it's Eddie Maffey. But with his hearing, what he had was Eddie Murphy, right? <laughs> so, so, 
So Ed is on the track, right? And he's there and he's going through in lane one with number blah blah in no two with blah blah and he thinks he gets and lane seven with Eddie Murphy <laughs> and, and Eddie Eddie's there. And I remember him turning I'm in lane seven. <laughs> he's just talking about trading places and he's just He's like this, and he's down his hands and knees, and he's Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> he, he couldn't comprehend, and of course, then the race started. And it's Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's flying. He's what he's what Eddie Murphy talking that field, that part. And it was the accent, and it was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I remember saying to him afterwards, and I'm going, Oh, there you go. Never thought you were this famous actor that could run like so. It was, it was funny on the day, but it was just. It was Eddie's face when he was getting in the zone and concentrating. And next minute, and in lane seven with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> really? Yeah, it, was, up. it was it was so funny. I mean, I still we still rib each other about it. It was a good one. <laughs> good stuff. Well, thank you so much for your time this week, mate. All the best, mate. Take care. Mm-hmm.